Yo. What up, what up? What up, man? Welcome to, uh, what is it, 31? 31, episode Yo. 31 of the episode Carbon 31. Footprint. Man. Welcome back, everybody. Every week, Juan and I get together, have a couple of drinks. Um, today, we have a, we got a, we actually do have. We got two things today, right? A couple of drinks today. Um, and just talk about things that are going on in the world, try to focus on things that are making an impact on the world, whether they be good, bad, or otherwise. So with that, what's on the menu for today? Hence <laughs> carbon footprint, right? Uh, menu, man, we we uh, we're really trying to get wrecked today. So we got um we got a red <laughs> a red blend. It's French. It's called the Reserve Speciale uh, by uh, Pauliac. It's a French wine. Um, Barons de Rothschild, I think, is the 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 winery. Uh, it's not bad. I have a I got to get uh, I guess a more acquired to the uh, French wines. There's a very dry. Um, kind of hints to them it's almost like the champagne where it hits you like really dry like that yeah so i'm usually not a fan but this one's pretty good no this is good yeah it's not bad and then we got a a, a bourbon um called the the broken barrel whiskey actually it's a bourbon whiskey so uh this is not bad actually i got this from flaviar uh flaviar hit us up man though <laughs> so the, the the whiskey's the chaser today yes the whiskey's the chaser so we go uh you know a little uh swivel of wine and then you wash it down with the whiskey so <laughs> it's gonna make for a good podcast mm-hmm so if y'all run into me here like Tuesday, December 8th, when I'm a little off, you know what happened. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Yo, I got a carbon footprint of the week. This week goes out to Mr. Bob Hedricks. Um, and I believe that's how you spell it or how you pronounce it, rather. Um, he works for a company called Loop. 26-year-old guy, bio designer from the University of Delft, which is in the Netherlands. I hope I pronounced that correctly as well. Um, but this guy created um, what he's calling a living cocoon. And so, and we talked about this a, a few weeks ago, probably several weeks ago. Um, remember when the, the coffins were floating out because of, of the floods, <laughs> right? right? Um, and we kind of got into like, why do we bury people in coffins and all of that whole discussion? Well, this thing, this guy basically is using um, the fungus or part, parts of the fungus. I believe it's called... Uh, mycelium so it's basically like the like the veins of the fungus that that feed the fungus okay um so he uses this and he grows it around sort of a coffin shaped box and then the idea is that you put a, you put the the dead body in there and then the mycelium will eventually take like eventually engulf? eat the body yeah it'll engulf the body it'll consume the body and what's what's cool about the mycelium is that it's known for taking things that are like normally toxic and making them good for the earth. So, and I wouldn't say the human body is toxic, right? But it's but it's taking things like it's um, things even like like oils and plastics and shit like that, uh, and consume it, and it actually makes it good for the earth, and then passes it back. So you can actually use that for multiple things, not just bodies, but potentially maybe trash. Or, yeah, or wait any waste, and basically humans and we die. What a waste! Yeah, and I, I don't know what the, I don't know what the um, what the limitations are to it, but you know, t- today what do we do? In most cases, when we put people in box in pine boxes and they sit in the ground for years, um, this thing it, it'll take basically two to three years to completely decompose the box and the body inside. That's quick. Yeah, and then, and then because it's the because it's mycelium. Um, It'll eventually be it'll basically be good for the earth, and so what these guys are doing research on is um, if we take a bunch of these and put them into an area where the land is not doing well, and then look at it after the fact. Oh, does it make the land like does, does it, it do make, the, the soil so you exactly? Have, but then what are you doing there? Are you planting crops? 
<laughs> over dead body. <laughs> well, there's no more dead bodies though. Actually, it's we're, gone. We're all gonna be shrooms. Ah, yo, yeah. See? I want you to. I want you to Let's do me on as this. a shroom if I die, bro. <laughs> that's 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 the way to go. I want to know that I provided a good time to somebody. I want to make you trippy. <laughs> that's pretty fire, man. Yeah, you know, the shit really that cool, people man. think about it always just it, it never ceases to amaze me, man. Like the the human mind, the stuff that like someone was sitting around doing that one day went, bro. What if we put a person in it? <laughs> you know what I'm saying like that's so wild, man. It's so crazy. Yeah, you wonder how they come up with that, and and I don't know, right? But like you said, is it, I wonder if you stumble across that where you go like, man, that fungus has been growing over this thing, and now the thing is gone. Yeah. Like, what happened to it? I wonder what was the observation that set that off. Yeah, like what did it grow over that was terrible that they went, wait a minute, like we're onto something here, or does this happen all the time? And then it sparked the experiment, right? right. Like, yeah, I think I have a note thing. here on that, man. Let me see on what they actually oh, observed: um, plastics, metals, oil. And pollutants. Okay, so, so it's it's it converts them into nutrients that the environment can use. I wonder what. I guess the fungus breaks it down. It so it much. Down. Yeah, that's crazy, man. Wow. Again, so man, people are so not. damn smart, dude. Like, dude, it's so wild. And you know what, man? And I think twenty twenty has 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 really like brought a lot of things like this to light. You know, and and you know people having to be creative. Um, you know, obviously you can even start with the with the drug companies. Like, look how fast these. These vaccines came out, dude. Really quick, man. Like no, normally, what a vaccine takes a few years. A few years. What one of the things they were saying I read was that like the m uh, um no is it the rDNA rDNA way of delivering the vaccine that's been like a oh, decade yeah. or two in the making of like how they could use this potentially, but this is the first time that they've um, actually put something I guess out to market. But they've been testing this stuff on humans for a, a decade or two. Like the idea, the concept of of that are um, I think it's R DNA. I think but, that's right. Yeah, or, or RNA or something. Yeah, like yeah, that. it's yeah. something like that. And basically, what um, so what I was reading was that. You know, the, people think that they turn this around quickly. Really, yes, just for this use. But they've been testing it on humans for the last decade or two to figure out what the, um, obviously, what the side effects and all that are. Man, I actually read uh, this article that was saying that this could potentially, they don't know yet, obviously. But because of the way it delivers the vaccine, um, it could potentially be safer than the normal vaccine. Because the normal vaccine, uh, one of the things it brought up was that. Um, you're obviously getting live cultures of a vaccine in your body. This doesn't do that. This makes your body thinks it has it. But they were dead cultures. Yeah, but it's still the vaccine. Dude, one of the things with the polio vaccine, I think it was polio, when it first came out, they were finding that they were actually giving people polio and it was fucking them up. So for like the first few like months, people were getting polio and it was irreversible. Like it was wrecking people left and right, the polio vaccine. Yeah. And um, because it's a live uh vaccine it's just supposed to be traced is so small that your body just kind of starts to develop but evidently like they screwed up the formula they put too much you gotta go and look at it it's fascinating man like there was like obviously uh you couldn't sue people back then but it was like oh sure we fucked this up and then they like made new vaccines i guess but they they had to basically issue an emergency order to stop the vaccine and all this stuff after they had already given it to a shit ton of people it's fascinating i went down i went down this whole rabbit hole with the vaccines and they um but basically so this one is it's not a live vaccine and also because of the way it's developed they're they're saying one of the other risks with vaccines is that they end up getting a lot of bacteria in it like live bacteria that ends up inside of humans and people get a lot of infections and things like that um there's no risk of that with this because of how it's developed and how it's put together and basically the logistics of, of of how it's created um that there's all these minimized risks now obviously they won't know exactly how much lower the risks are until it's been out for a while and they have like a good enough sample size to determine that but um their their thought right now is that this is potentially safer so um, that's awesome man. yeah man I- so did you see so um moderna 
And I didn't know this. Um, obviously, I just heard of Moderna what last month, right? When they came out with the the potential vaccine, and it was you know ninety percent effective, what have you, dude. They were testing this back in like February. Mm-hmm. That I didn't know. So it was like China put out. I forget what the hell it was, but they basically put out like, hey, like 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 here's the virus, and you know whatever 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 means that scientists need to go and find a vaccine or something that that China provided. And then and then of course the the drug companies around the world went to work. And they said by like February or maybe early March, Moderna was in testing already. That, that that's crazy. That's crazy, bro. dude. I'm telling you, I think it's the red tape. I also think it's the fact that because it was his RDNA stuff, they just had to go. How do we deliver this to your body to a, to the specific spot to make? Man, I was thinking because you know obviously there's this um there's this fear, rightfully so, right? Because it is a vaccine and you're putting it in your body. Um, and I, but I was going down this whole list of like, you know that's why they did the timeline they did so it was like most vaccines aren't long-term things they're like you never see a hey 10 years later this vaccine wrecked me that's very very like extremely rare it, it almost never happens vaccines because it's instantaneous they're going within weeks you see the side effect if it's something bad that's going to be long term and then within six weeks it's almost like non-existent post six weeks that you see any other kind of like symptoms that would develop after really? the effect. So you figure this test, this testing period has been Cup. longer than enough. It, it's why you kept hearing mid-December because of, I guess, the amount of people that they input like early November. It was like, oh, mid-December would be the end of the six weeks. And unless they find something within that time frame, like post the six weeks, then they know they're kind of good to go. Because so I wonder why it takes so long normally. Obviously, we're in the pandemic. And like you said, a lot of the red tape was removed. But I wonder why. I also don't think you have every resource and everyone in the world working on something at once, right? Like everyone's in their pocket working on their own little thing, right? Yeah. And this time you have the smartest minds in the world collectively kind of working at this. And you figure there's a sharing of information um, unless you're at competing kind of pharmaceutical companies. But I would think the science community to an extent is sharing like, hey, we found this. And these guys are like, we found this because you have a piece maybe that I don't have yet. And I have a piece that you need. And so you would think there's some kind of collaboration, I think, that leads to this. Um, like, but it, yeah, it just coming, I mean, you know, like we always freak out. Like I saw, you know, people I was like, oh, I'm not giving it to my kids. I'm not giving them this and that. I'm like, you give your kids Capri Suns and soda like that's killing them or giving them an addiction to sugar. And, you know, it's just not looked at that way. Dude, but that's, I mean, that's, that's the slow death. It's the slow death. It's like, it's just as bad. I'm not giving my kid a vaccine that I'm seeing that. It's like, I understand that. And listen, you do it. It's your kid, right? You do what you want. But I like, I go, you don't think of all this other stuff that's killing your kid or potentially causing a long-term effect the same way. Like if you saw the shit that went into a Capri Sun, you'd never give it to your kid again. Like it's just, Dude, I saw something um, recently that it was like when they make, like i don't know if it's like candy or it's it's some kind of like sweet because it's in the factory there's a certain amount of and in, in the factory sorry let me take a step back because in the factory when you have food you're going to get rodents that there is a certain level of rodent feces that is okay it's acceptable that's yeah. fucked up yeah. dude, dude restaurants are the same way when you inspect the restaurant yeah there's a certain amount of dead like carcasses of, of flies and rodents and whatever that you're allowed to have that's a passing grade. What's your cover for another week, man? What you and listen, I actually had, speaking of um, like, like restaurant guys and sticking with that theme, a guy named David Chang was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire as one of only like 13 people, I think, to ever, uh, US at least, 13 people US to win the million dollars. Oh, okay. Which is awesome. Was, this, His, was it recent? Yeah, this is within the last week or two. Oh, okay. Um, he... Uh, was great his for his million dollar question he had to phone a friend 
He actually phoned uh, Mina Kimes. I don't know if you know Mina Kimes. No. Mina Kimes is a ESPN uh, analyst. She does like Sports Center and stuff okay. like that. Um, so it's kind of cool. I've probably seen her. I don't know you have is. most definitely seen Mina right. Kimes. Yeah. You talk. I'm gonna look. Yeah, it up. look I'm up Mina look Kimes. It. You've most definitely seen her. She's on Sports Center a lot and all that. But I thought it was super neat that he had to call her as the phone a friend for the final question. I can't remember what the I'm question in, was. I'm impressed that he actually held out his 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 call for the end. He did, man. So he made it this far. He phones a friend. Obviously, they get the question right. Um, dude, he, so he wins a million dollars, and he's a chef. He's giving it away to restaurant workers. He's giving his whole million dollars away to restaurant workers who have been impacted by COVID, by the closures and all that stuff. So you, you just looked at me the yeah. times, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, everybody who watches sports center knows who me the is. You may not know by me saying that, but look around you and you'll be it, like, right? oh, yeah, I recognize yeah. her. Um, yeah, man, this guy wins a million dollars, obviously can just walk away and keep it and decides to give it away to kind of this organization that's helping distribute money to restaurant workers right now who are impacted by the pandemic, which I thought was, listen, we we touched this on the George Clooney thing. I win a million dollars. You ain't going to see me no I more. might give you a little something, but <laughs> I might not. Not the whole million. I might not when I see you. A little extra. Hard. I might dap you up. You could be like, I dapped up a millionaire once. I'm gonna be like, you're welcome, <laughs> dude. I thought that was dope, man. That is no, that 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 is amazing, man. Um, you know, I wanted to ask you, man. What do you what do you think about? So, like, obviously, there's a lot of businesses that are hurting right now. Yeah. Um, you know, because of the the, the shutdowns and, but I still feel like we can still go out and get the necessities. We, yeah we can and and the other thing man is like so i've you hear this narrative of like open everything up open everything up like the government's hurting us but like mm-hmm. open everything up dude i've gone to restaurants that were really hard to get into before right that are now at 50 percent on a saturday afternoon at 6 30 7 o'clock where it should be peak and i walked right in and sat down opening everything up is not the answer because people clearly are still not comfortable enough going coming out, out. Yeah. yeah so the answer isn't to open everything up because that doesn't solve the underlying problem. Like to me, like I, I go, everybody's like, open it up, open it up. It's like, dude, it's like if you're bleeding from your carotid artery and they're like, throw a bandaid on it. It's like, nah, man, it's still bleeding. dude. You just can't see it. Like we have to solve the the COVID issue first. Right. right? I think it's the, so, so like, to, I think to your point, it's not, it's not so much that they're not open. It's that they're not going to get the business either way. Correct. And it's not because people are not working. It's because people are not comfortable with going, going out. And I know if you're in a state like New York, California, like you don't understand this right now, but like we're in Florida, right? And maybe people in Texas will get this. Everything in Florida is open like normal. Yeah. There isn't anything you that you can't do in Florida right now. You can go see a movie. You can go to the gym. You can go to you Disney. Can go to a restaurant. You can go to Disney. You can go to Universal. You can do anything and everything like your kids are in school. Everything is normal right now here, right? Like obviously there's a social distance practice. There's the mask thing. Um, so there's all that. But even the mask thing, right? Like that's, that's not a state mandate. That's a company, right? So like if you walk into a store, normally they'll have a sign that'll it's say, put company. your mask yeah. on. Because yeah. you, the whatever was ruled here, the they threaten you with a fine. Technically, you can't uphold that. Yeah. So it's like a, like an empty threat because they can't follow through with it. I also understand that like in this current climate that we're in with police officers, the last thing you need is cops sitting there like policing people wearing masks because now you're just going to it's just more kind of friction with the community. Right. Yeah. So like I'm in this like space right now where I go, yeah, they should make people wear masks. But also, like, how do you enforce that? And you have to think of the nuance behind police officers are already in a tough spot right now. And 
now you're just adding another layer of friction of them being the bad guy, you know, where they have to kind of keep harassing people with masks. Like it just, it's not like productive, I think, to what cops should be doing. It's like, it's like having a curfew forever. Exactly. It's (laughs) just bizarre, man. So the answer, man, isn't open up. I think the answer is you got to figure out what to do with COVID, right? Whether it's the vaccine or, you know, whatever it is, it's like everybody keeps going open up, open up. We're open. People aren't out. Like, yes, you could go out in Florida and some places and it sort of feels normal. It feels normal. But again, when you start to do the math of like, hey, normally I have to wait to sit down at this restaurant. I haven't waited at all. And it's 50 percent capacity or 75 percent capacity. It's like, oh, people are just uncomfortable. Like movie theaters here did like crap. People aren't comfortable. The theme parks. The theme parks has been laying off people. Yeah. Like, yeah. Disney laid off what 50 something thousand people in the last month or two. Was it? I think it's 30,000 here or 18,000 here and more in California. So it's... I always forget about California. Yeah. I don't know that the the answer is always like, or people are kind of, you know, been like, open up, open up, open up. I don't know. And then there's this magic of like, I can't wait till 2021. Was there a trailer released for 2021 (laughs) that I missed? (laughs) Because I don't get it, man. It's only the day after December 31st, which is right around the corner. That shit gets real. Like, because everybody's like, I can't wait till this year's over. It's like, what changes? Like January 1. Like, did you, did something come you out that the, I missed? You man? didn't see the previews? I didn't see the previews, man. I go, I, I must have missed that trailer because <laughs> how do you guys know? 20, like automatically January 1st. You know what's going to change January 1st, dude? It's people's attitudes. Yeah. Dude, it's a, it's a mindset. Mm-hmm. People, people believe like on January 1st that everything resets. Yeah, it's right. Like all the shit that you did last year, like this year, you're going to, um, you know, you're going to go to the gym, you're going to eat healthier, you know, you're going to get in shape, what have you. It's funny, man, because one of the things that, that, you know, my wife was asking me, what do you want for Christmas? And I go, you know what? Like, I want to pay out of one of those, like, those dumbbells that you can actually, like, adjust the weight. Oh, like the both flex joints. Yes. Yeah. Something like that, right? But the ones that I want are, are expensive. And I'm like, no, like, don't get it now because. People are going to buy them for Christmas. They're going to use them in January. They're going to realize working out hurts and they're going to put it on eBay and I'll get it for half price. Yep. Dude, you seen it was hard to get uh, at home workout stuff right now. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's crazy. crazy right now. I thought about selling my Peloton <laughs> just because I could have made a little money off it. <laughs> Dude, you, could, you could sell the Peloton and go over to the Dicks and get an echelon. Yeah. <laughs> For one fifth of the price, Jesus Christ! You need to have a talk about something. You know the guy that made uh, Peloton. He's a billionaire now, but of he, course he is. Yeah, but he made. He was a billionaire in COVID. Like he just became a billionaire because like, the at-home workout thing yeah. got so big. I can see that, man. Dude, again, gyms here are full. Uh, yeah, dude. Are so movie theaters, right? Like movie theaters here are open. No one's going. Now, I know some of that is a lack of content, but, but you know, we had some big blockbusters like Tenet that dropped that didn't do great here. It's already on DVD. It's already on DVD. I think in the next week, right? It's yeah, something home. like that. Yeah. Um, did you see the deal that WB just signed for all their movies? Yeah. Basically, 2021, WB is simultaneously dropping all of their movies on HBO Max and theater. So there's going to be a simultaneous drop, right? I was just going to ask you, man, do you think that maybe because of the, like... People are afraid to go to theaters, right? And then they were shut down for a while. Mm-hmm. And then when they got shut down, you know, Netflix made sort of made those moves. And obviously HBO's making that move as well to where they're making those deals to go, yo, and, you know, um, bring it here instead of the theaters. But now the theaters are back open. Those guys are not pulling out of those deals. They're doubling down. Yeah. You took out the middleman. 
why? Like, I saw the, the, the CEO to AMC came out. And he was rightfully pissed, right? And he's talking all this smack. <laughs> and, and I understand it. But I also go. Well, what's his it's, grief? It's that, somebody his else, that somebody else got a business? Yeah. Basically, come like, be, I, they, you know, like, I, it's almost like an unspoken rule, I guess, between the two. Like, hey, you have us for distribution, yada, yada, yada. Right. Dude, as the CEO to AMC, it's your job to get me to go to AMC. Yeah. It's not WB's job. It's not Universal's job. It's not Disney's job. You have to get me in your theater. Like it's not up. To, the theater's already giving you the content. You don't have to do anything else. Now you have to be um, smart about how you distribute that content and how you give it to a consumer that makes me want to go and experience that. Right. Like these guys are pissed because you know they sound like the blockbuster guys. Right. When Netflix came along, yes. it's like it's not on. It, it's you. It's up to you to get the consumer. Right. Like. Uh, I think, and we've been, we've talked about this off the air. I, I, when this thing started, I'm like, theaters are dead. I still feel that way because I think we've all figured out now. Like, oh wait, you don't have to put it in theaters. Like, I can just pay for a subscription, and you can give me these movies with the the TVs at home, with the sound systems at home now that are getting equally as good as the stuff you can get at theaters. I think there's gonna be a big gap there, man, and you're gonna have to do something to suck me. And now, will I go watch an Avengers four? Probably because I want that experience. See, with and I think people. that's what it is. So if you go, if you're the, if you're the theater, right? If you go, all of our, I, I limit the screens. Maybe I don't have twelve. Maybe I have five or six. They're all IMAX. They're all like the the super comfortable recliner chairs. I got somebody coming in there. Maybe serving drinks and food. perhaps even food. Maybe not food. I don't know. I don't know how that. I mean, that's probably a little bit different logistics, right? Maybe it's invasive now too mm. with the COVID. Yeah. Right, but you serve. Maybe you serve drinks, and and you sort of make it. You have. They're gonna have to make it an experience versus you just coming to see a movie. Because right now, dude, like I, I would rather probably sit at home on my system at home than go to a normal theater. Yeah, me too. I would much rather watch experience a movie at home right now than because I can eat what I want. Right, I can go pick out whatever I want for the fifty dollars it's gonna cost me for popcorn and a soda. Yeah. I can go and order anything I want to eat or make anything I want to eat. You pause but, the movie. Yep, go to I the can bathroom. pause the movie to go to the bathroom. I can be in the covers of my like you're gonna have to get something to suck me in. I, and I think this forces. I've had some ideas of like, okay, if I ran a movie theater, what would I do, kind of thing. Um, or like, if I was a studio, how would I combat this? And like, so, like some of the things I kept thinking of is what, or was, uh, do you make studio specific movie theaters meaning like wb or disney or or universal has their own branded theaters where they're always playing their own movies so you play the new release and maybe you rotate out the old right like the greatest hits collection type thing and then you add some other elements to it right like the the drink the bar and then as soon as it comes out of there it goes to disney plus yes the disney theaters get this stuff first it goes right to disney plus and then it goes to disney plus i go maybe it's that right like if i'm the studio heads right now i'm going how can i distribute this like right now if i figured out i can do it on my own streaming platform platform but hmm, if i want that theater experience how do i jump in maybe i create like you said maybe it's not 12 theaters it's three and i go maybe it's not every city maybe it's just the major ones maybe i only put a theater in the major cities and maybe now people travel right you go on vacation and you're like we're gonna catch a movie while we're in miami because they're the only ones who have this disney theater that serves all this and maybe you sell me you know like disney people are freaks maybe there's specific pins that you can get at that movie theater oh, or yeah I think about you know that. like yeah, that, you know, a, a popcorn tub mm-hmm. that you can only buy at that movie theater a cup or what you know whatever these collectibles because now you're making me want to go there for this other stuff and the movie happens to be a part of that experience yeah. like we're experiential now like it's hysterical to me like you remember when your family used to travel and they'd bring you back like a keychain or a t-shirt and all that stuff um i never have never been on vacation and thought about bringing someone anything back um and it's not because i'm an asshole <laughs> no yeah yes although it is you could argue that yes it is <laughs> but 
I've always been on vacation to go, if I'm going to bring you something back, I want to bring you something back that I can only get there. I don't want to get you back a t-shirt that was made in China that says, you know, like, welcome to Cambodia. You know, like, I, I want to get you something that's like, if I see someone on the street making something by hand, then I'm going to go, oh, I'll get that. I'll bring you that because then I can go the story. The experience is like, man, there was this guy in the street making this. And I thought of you, I want to bring you that, you know, like that to me, I think our our generation is becoming more experiential. And I think this newer generation is even more so you're going to have to give them an experience, I think. And that, and, and so to me, I'm I'm looking at this AMC CEO and he's throwing a fit and I'm like, dude, if I'm an employee of yours, first off, I look at that and I go, that's my leader who's bitching and moaning, go lead. Go go figure out. Okay, how do we get butts and seats now? Get butts and yeah, seats, go man. go pivot. Like like every other business. Exactly. Go pivot. Blockbuster didn't pivot. They're dead. Right. Like go pivot, man. Yeah, dude. You just talked about you know Cambodia has got me thinking. I, I read something this week. Um, you know the you know how you can make like your dog like a service dog. <laughs> okay, so so you can take service animals on airplanes. So if you have a service dog, you know, clearly, like if you're, let's say if you're like, if, you, if you're blind or if you're legally blind, right, you can take your seeing eye dog. It's, that's definitely, you know, go do your thing. But as of late, um, you've been able to bring on like anything like you can bring on like your service pig or like your aardvark. And <laughs> do you need anything to tell you that it is your service? I think you do, but you can just buy it. So, so it's like, not like so, a test that it. That no, has so to I'll pass, give you. Right? I'm gonna give you a personal experience. So, me, my wife and I would were, were trying to buy. Let a, me find out you got a personal support. <laughs> like I got a personal support line. No man. So we got a. So, um, we got we we paid this fee, um, online somewhere, and and I got a thing to say that my dog was a service dog, and I'll tell you why, because the place that we were gonna buy didn't allow pets. But service animals couldn't be denied. Uh, and so we went out, paid like whatever, I don't know, 30, 50 bucks, whatever it was. That's it? And yeah. And they send you like the certificate with the freaking dog's name on it, right? So I guess apparently you can get this shit for anything. So some of the animals people were bringing on planes were like peacocks, fucking ducks. Of course, we can't have nice things, bro. You know, <laughs> we, we don't know how to act, bro. The minute you're like, wait, I could, Dude, I could pay $30. Fucking goats. And bring my llama. On yeah, a yes. Yes. Dude, could you, you ever seen a goat shit? <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> I have. Shit looks like a BB. Yep. Could you imagine sitting there and it's just us firing out? And they at go you? nonstop. <laughs> it's nonstop. Like goat shit. Yeah, it's, not, it's not like one. No. It's like 20. It just opens and it's false <laughs> just for like minutes. You're like, what the fuck did you eat, bro? It's. No, so the oh reason God. I brought it up was that. Um, the the airlines revisited this shit and there's like a law i think it's it's called the uh the air carrier access act and and they re, they revised it and they basically was like you need to like we're only going to do like service dogs and it needs to be trained and certified yes yeah man. yeah so so gone are the days like dude i saw pictures bro like i said peak a peacock Ugh. You never seen a peacock, bro? This is I have seen a peacock. They're pretty fucking big. They run around the fucking neighborhood. The, oh my god. They're pretty fucking big. And if it pecks me, bro, can you imagine sitting next to someone with a peacock on their lap? Do they had um what was it turkeys? Um a kangaroo? What what the fuck? A kangaroo, bro. Like a joey, like a small one. <laughs> Yeah, bro. 
Yo, people are wild. Yeah. I'm telling you, this is why we can't just, have nice things. Yeah, go Google that shit, people. Look up like oh my God. animals on airlines, and you'll just get a plethora. <laughs> just, of- dude, we abuse shit so much, <laughs> and then is you why you use my emotion to support Python? Shut the fuck up and get a therapist, bro. Like. <laughs> <laughs> Stand that shit, man. It's oh, we're getting so soft, dude. Like so soft, man. Like uh, I we were talking about this on air. Did you see the shit with Santa? No. Oh my god, man. And uh, I'll get into the story. So I think she was a social worker. She basically went out online, and be, there's be, all these. Be careful, man, because you know Santa comes to my house still. Listen, I know what you're saying. <laughs> so Santa, right? Uh, this social worker was basically bringing up the idea that how come Santa doesn't bring all kids the same type of stuff or the same caliber Who has of this? gifts? This social worker was basically saying that she's got, oh, you did you Dude. finally hit it? Oh, shit. I just hit the bourbon. You just bourbon, right? Is this the first time you hit it? Yeah, the, yes. the whiskey bourbon? Yeah. A little, little smoky. My throat's on fire right now, people. <laughs> it's good. Hold on. Yeah, I'm going to go like ahead it. and uh, reintroduce this. <laughs> I'm drinking Broken Barrel broken barrel whiskey it's good man it's basically made with chunks of a bunch of listen for the bourbon and whiskey folks don't understand this so uh, bourbon is aged in barrels this is a bunch of different types of barrels uh like broken up and they basically throw it in this main barrel like these chunks of the wood so it gives it a different flavor profile because now you have all these what gives bourbon flavor is the wood that it's in the barrel i have to go swish that in my mouth a few times it's good i I like it man you you hit it and your face was just like what <laughs> anyway, come on, Santa Claus. I forgot why. All right, so Santa. So anyway, so her beef was that she was a social worker, and Santa wasn't bringing kids the same gift. So she was, or the same caliber, I guess, of gift. So she's like, man, I got kids who are like in foster care or whatever, or or in an orphanage, um, and who are like, oh, you know, Santa must not like me, you know, so and so. Timmy got a, a PS Five, and I got a, you know, like a doll. Um, and then it was just like, people don't, you know, like your kids, like basically like they wanted you to change the narrative of Santa to help out kids. So it was like, yo, whatever the cheapest gift is that happens to come to your house, tell your kids that one's from Santa instead of the real one that Santa brought. Uh, You know what I mean? So that everybody's on an even playing field. No, fuck that. (laughs) Listen, (laughs) I understand, man. And I feel if, if, especially this year, man, if you don't have the means to do something for your kids and all that stuff, man. Like, I get it. And if you have my number, hit me up. I don't want anybody to go hungry or toilets or whatever the fuck. Like, like, and if I could do something, I'll help you out. But this idea, man, that, like, we're always trying to try to make the, the, the I guess, the stakes and everything even for everyone. It's bullshit. We're not all the same. <laughs> like, we're not all equal, right? Like, yeah. there are certain people who are going to, and, and I know there's certain people who just have, like, bad luck and are falling on hard times. And that's not who I'm talking about. There's also certain people who just don't work as hard as other people. And so you shouldn't enjoy the exact same things. Like, it's just, it's just the way it is. And we've become this society of like, uh, like we want to coddle everything and like, just tell your kid like, yo, your mom's a crackhead. That's why Santa didn't stop by your house. <laughs> it's like, like, I don't fucking, I don't. Your mother been working at McDonald's yeah. for 30 years. Or listen, years. she worked three jobs and like, yeah, th- this is what, you know, happened in your, or Santa, you live in a bad neighborhood. Santa don't like to go there with expensive shit. Like, I don't know, bro, but figure it out. Like, you know what's funny, man? And 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 you've been, we've both been involved with, with sort of people that I, at least we, that we deem to be successful. Mm-hmm. There's not a lot of difference between the people that are really successful and the ones that I guess you deem that aren't. It's just that these guys and, gar- and girls and ladies and women, um, are, they, they take chances yes. and they're not afraid to. They're not afraid to do shit and not afraid to put in the work. It's the no balls, no babies uh, concept that I think about. Is these guys just took a risk that most people weren't willing to take, right? 
Right. Because you know what? Human nature tells you to stay safe. Mm-hmm. Right. And and so so to no fault of our own, you got to almost push yourself out of that comfort zone if you want change. Yeah. 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 And listen, I, I, obviously, this year has been a tough year for a lot of families. Um, you know, there's obviously circumstances and, and things that happen that are shitty and that's horrible. But I just hate that we all have to kind of like censor ourselves or, or, you know, like, hey, don't talk about the vacation you're taking because, like, like where do you draw the line then? Like, at some point in time, like, we're all going to be like, hey, man, don't post pictures of your vacation right. because yours was better than so-and-so's. You don't want to make them feel bad. Like, fuck them. Like, I'm, <laughs> if I was in Mexico or Bali and you went to Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, that's on you. Like, that's not my fault, man. It's like, actually a place. <laughs> is it? I was throwing out some shit. That's funny, man. I don't, yeah, I don't. That's I think what place. I have an issue with more is this, like, this soft-ass fuck. <laughs> Anybody in Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, you know, shout out to y'all. Yeah, shout out to y'all. We love y'all. I'm just saying nobody's <laughs> vacation in there. <laughs> Only the people who mistook it for a biblical place. <laughs> they might drop in. I think they got two warehouses there. <laughs> yeah, man, but it it drives me crazy. Every time I see something, it's like, oh, don't, you know, like, don't do this because, you know, so-and-so don't have it. And I'm like, listen, if I was in their shoes and my, my and you know, and I fall in on hard times and all that. I wouldn't want other people to not enjoy the fruits of their labor because I can't. You know what I mean? Right. Like, it, it's just like. Yeah, I mean, if, if anything, it should motivate you. Correct. Like, it should get you to be like, oh, okay, I want to get there. What do I have to do? Or or just go like, fuck, that's good for them. Like, I'm, I've always been one man that I celebrate people's successes. I love having people around me who who are happy and and quote unquote successful but successful doesn't mean you have money successful to me means like yo you're you're waking up every day doing whatever it is that you want to do that makes you happy and you're loving it and you're loving it like yep. that's like that's my definition of it and and i think that like it's almost like now we have to be like okay everybody act miserable so that we're all miserable you know like it's just so weird man i don't i don't get it i saw that this week and i'm like are you fucking kidding me now like this is this is where we're getting to they need to just all go smoke yeah, seriously, man. Yeah, let, let's let, let's let's all smoke weed because it'll obviously make us all that much more peaceful and much and much more relaxed. Like this is why, like uh, again, man, like there's such a separation. I think in this country because there's a lot of people. I think who go, yeah, I want to enjoy shit that I work for and do this and that, and yeah, I want to give back and I want to do good and I want to do all this. And then there's this other stream of people who are like, oh, you know, like you shouldn't act this way because not everybody lives in a house. You know, some of us live in apartments or some of us have an RV or whatever the fuck. Like, don't show pictures of your house online because some of us don't have. It's, it's so fucking dumb, dude. Like, it's like I can't even like I can't even articulate it in words because it's so stupid. <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, but I'm seen, off my soapbox. I'm sorry. It's all good. Man. It's all good. <laughs> you seen this week the House uh, voted to decriminalize marijuana. I did, man. I was I was excited, man. It's, Which it's, it's a step in the right direction. I was going to say, but it's still. Has to go through the through Congress? Senate, Congress, right? and the Senate, which it had a lot of support from Republicans and Democrats. So, at the at the House, at the House, at the house level, the house yes. Level, right. So you would think that long term that means good things for its prospects. Of, it won't happen immediately, but it'll eventually get passed. I think. Yeah, I was going to say I don't think it's going to happen. It, well, I guess sort of the the, the folks that are even that are for it are going like good step, but probably won't make it. They just need to figure out a way. That some white guy gets rich off weed and it's gonna get legalized. Everywhere. They haven't figured it out yet. No man. So the minute that like a Pfizer has a giant weed plant <laughs> and some, <laughs> I this sounds messed up, man. But I feel like drugs 
we've been peddling op- opioids and alcohol and all kinds of other shit. And to me, the vast difference between these, and listen, I get if you're talking about crystal meth and all this other shit, we're going to leave that to the side. But something like weed, the difference is, is that people who get rich off weed aren't normally old white guys. Like, <laughs> like it, it, I mean, if we're honest with it, like you couldn't you couldn't sit there and reasonably make an argument uh, for weed to be illegal and leave alcohol as a as a legal substance that we can all consume or oh yeah and, or and, and opioids I'm, any opioid or, or i'm pretty oil. sure there's can't even talk to me i'm pretty sure there's there's been a study done where um like no one has ever like od'd on marijuana no it's very rare there's been like the one or two and there's a specific condition but it's not it's like you yeah, you don't gonna, die right like yeah. like like you can if you know if we you ju- could definitely do too much weed <laughs> <laughs> i don't know i've heard i'm just <laughs> We could definitely do too much weed. No, ag- agreed. I just don't know if it's you know causing cardiac arrest or anything. It didn't kill me. I mean them. <laughs> <laughs> but yo, with this with this bill that they were trying to pass, man, so they're trying to make it so that like nonviolent um, marijuana related convictions would be expunged, and they should, right? And but then they also threw in, which I thought that. I thought they kind of that that they may lose it here. They're, they're throwing in sort of like almost like a reparations for folks. So it's not just letting them out, but it's like, and I'm, and I'm going to read here for a second. But it's like um, granting pro granting programs for um, on the job training, um, legal aid, substance abuse treatment, and then also um, doing grants for minority and low income um, owned marijuana businesses. So. I don't disagree with that, but I but I also think that that'll if, be the, if you're the right if you're the guy that's going if you're on the fence but but maybe leaning a little bit towards like leaving it illegal, and then they come with hey we want all of this, then you go nah like you know what it's enough that we have it for medicinal reasons now we're gonna have it for recreational reasons now now I'm going okay I'm good with that. Let the folks out of jail who were put in jail for the, you know, for 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 just possession, um, not with intent to sell, obviously. Right. But with possession. But then now you want me to support marijuana businesses. Now you want me to give them on the job training night, which, again, I, I, I agree with those things. I just think that it's maybe too much too soon. Yeah, no, for sure. And the way that all these laws work, it's like an all or nothing thing, which sucks sometimes because they go. Nope, that bill didn't pass, and it'll always be like the one line, like you said. It'll be like, right. no, we just don't want to grant money. And instead of just going, okay, take that out, you know, because it's supposed to be a compromise. This is why you have the the party system, I guess, where two sides want something, and you hope to compromise in the middle. So they go, hey, we want funding for minority businesses, or and then we want, you know, expunged records, and we want school programs and training programs. And, job. and I do think that the job program thing, I could actually, you know what, man, I could sit here and make an argument for both. Um, but you're right. I think the reason it'll get held up, it'll be because I'll go, no, nah, man, we're already like legalizing this. Like you're trying to. I just think that you had to you, I take think, baby steps, man. Just legalize it and then work on that as right. a second part. Of and it. I think, you know, this from being, you know, from being in finance. And I remember this from when we worked together. You can always present something that that even though it may seem astronomical for somebody, if you can figure out a way to pay for it, that's not going to be it's not going to really impact the bottom line. You can get it done. You gotta leave. You gotta leave them with no, like, leave them with no reason to say no. Exactly, and I, th- you know, like you hear the saying, like numbers don't lie. Nah, yeah, I can make numbers tell you whatever story you want to hear. You know, we talked about before. Um, if you believe in something, right, you can find information online 
to oh, support yeah. your argument. Flat Earth. Yeah, exactly <laughs> like that, right? Like you could, if you believe in that, you can go online and you'll find thousands of things to support your argument, yeah. right? Um, and, and they'll support it the other way too, right? But um, with numbers, the thing is, is that I can be selective in the data that I choose to show you, right? So I can say, if you go, hey, I'm trying to prove that marijuana is great, then I'm going to pick a select group of numbers of the sample that's going to make that argument. Then if you want to say, hey, this is terrible, we should never legalize it, I can do the exact same thing and and with the exact same data and present it using different metrics or different things that you're trying to measure and go, hey, it's actually horrible. Here's why. Because I'll just show a whole nother set of data omitting the other shit. Right. Uh, yeah. So I can tell you whatever story I want. And 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 I, you said uh, working in finance, there has been execs that you have helped out in the past if they have some big presentation where they're like, hey, I'm trying to tell this story or I want to sell them on this program. And you go, okay, how do I do that without lying? I want to show data. And you just, it's the numbers, right? That's why I always laugh when I hear the expression, like numbers don't lie. It's like, yeah, yeah, they do. Like, <laughs> because yeah. it's it's lying by omission, right? So like- No, and I, and I remember, I remember like sort of uh, some, some folks in our, like in management that would tell me, oh yeah, like I got raises from my people and the way that I did it was I told the CFO how I'm going to pay for it. Yep. And it just, it just made it make sense. You leave them. You can't. You, you almost take away every excuse for them to say no. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. And we've, we've spoken to people who've done that. And you go like, man, how'd you pull that off? And they go, oh, I walked in with this. And I basically made it impossible for them to say no or really hard to where they couldn't tell me no without them just looking. Right. Like they're not even trying kind of thing. And I think so <clears throat> this past week, I think it was the Breakfast Club that uh, the the. The radio show yeah. in um in, in New York. They interviewed Barack. Yeah. And um and Charlemagne the God asked him, Hey, you know, what do you say to the folks that say you didn't do enough for black people? And I thought his response was perfect because he basically said, Listen, I can't go in to a group of people that are not just for black promotion, if you will, right? Or or yeah, I guess that's, that's I guess that'd be the right word. But yeah. Um I have to make it seem that it's good for everybody. And he goes, so I put programs in place that would target low-income people. And he goes, where the majority of those people are African-American, perhaps Latino. But there's also white folks that fall into that, into those buckets. And so you make it about this group of people. And even though it's going to mostly benefit black folks, I'm not going in there going, Hey, I'm doing this for black folk. Right. I got. I have to be able to sell it. Yeah, it was a brilliant response. I because th- Charlemagne, to his credit, pressed him and said no, he but did. specifically really yeah. for black people. You know, like they asked it, and then he kind of gave an answer, and Charlemagne kind of followed up with no, 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 like specifically. So he prodded him. So, so you know, credit to Charlemagne. Um, you know, and he's always been one to never back away from like a tough question. Uh, so I, I tons of respect for him for for prodding Barack on that. And I love Barack's answer, man. And I think something you get from Barack is regardless of the side of of politics that you fall on. Right. You may not agree with the policy and all that, but there's he's obviously an intelligent person. And I think, again, he was well thought out. He went, I can't go out there and say, hey, this is for black people because you'd automatically say no. Like, I don't want to. Yeah. He's realizing, hey, this whole game is I have to package something, sell it, and then I have to get the majority of these people in this organization to agree to it. And then how do I do that? And then I have to play that game, right? So, and and he figured out that he needed to do that and figured out the best ways to do that, I think, to get policy passed. Um, 
I'm actually in the middle of reading his book, oh. and I never read books on politicians. Um, I, I just don't think books on politicians are ever really inf- like informative. Like, I think all they do is they just reaffirm something that you already believe, right? Like, if you are pro-Trump and you read a, a pro-Trump book, right, it's just going to be like, oh, yeah, see, I knew it. This guy's amazing. Or if you're, like, anti-Trump and you read something that's anti-Trump, it's just going to, like, there's no information, I guess, is where I'm getting at. Like, it's no, it just reaffirms. Right? So I, I always stay away from those. I, I chose to read Barack's because I've always been fascinated by, obviously, his time in office and i've always wanted to know the like man i wonder what he was thinking here or going through there and all. It, it, you know politics aside again, does he I, take I, you through all of that he does the book is fantastic like it's it's literally he starts off the, the beginning of the book where he goes hey i want you to like feel like what it's like to, it's almost like a day in the life of the president okay and he certainly takes you through that i mean to the he's so descriptive and so articulate that like to his morning walk to the oval office he describes that and suddenly you feel like oh shit i'm, I'm there i'm I'm there and then suddenly there's like this problem and and then he brings you into this mix of like I'm talking to this person I'm talking to this person and this and you feel like you're there right. and and that's one of the reasons I wanted to read the book because I was just curious about like he obviously lived through a historic um, presidency, right? Like the economy being the first black president, um, you know, the the bin Laden raid, all this stuff like that I went, man, I wonder what it was like to be in that room. And he certainly does that. And again, I'm not saying I agreed with all the politics of it, but I definitely I have so much respect for him as an intellectual um, and and intellectual as far as going like, hey, here's why I did what I did. And I and there's things in there where I go, eh, I disagree with that. But I but his rationale to it, you went, OK, I can understand that. I can respect that as a, as, as a person. I go, oh, OK, that that makes sense. Um, so that's something that he talks about in there is like how he he wanted to do certain policies for whether it was the black community or just like uh, impoverished communities in general. But the way you sell that, you can't go out there like banging your, you know, your fist on a table saying, hey, this is for black folks. Because one of the things that he's adamant about was I knew I was the first. I wanted to make sure I wasn't the last. And that's one of the things, even when he was president, man, I one of the things I admired about him and Michelle were you had they had to be damn near perfect. Yeah. And again, if you were like on the other side of the aisle, you hated them no matter what. Right. Because they play for the other team. But one of the things that you could never say about them is that they were embarrassing, like never, never a scandal, never. Now, granted, you can you, you could point to the whole, you know, recording, whatever, Trump and stuff. And there's all these little things here and there. They were never like they never said the wrong thing. You know, they, they were they always carried themselves with yeah. such grace in public. They were flawless. Correct. They were flawless. But I love about this book. He talks about all this stuff going on behind the scenes where oh, they it's clearly weren't. Be, yeah. It's great. Yeah. All this stuff. I mean, talk about a marriage and turmoil, counseling, all kinds of stuff that he talks about where you go, wow, that's very human. Because on the outside, we saw this perfect kind of picture of a person. Right. Um, because so, he, he has said that 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 Michelle didn't really want any any part of it. she adamantly said no. <laughs> that's part of the book. She goes, no. Like, no, like when really? and her exact words were like, when's enough enough for you? Like when's and it's cool, man. Again, he, he he goes into his education. He even goes into the fact that he wasn't he wasn't like the super smart high school kid. He didn't get like yeah. great. He was a slacker. He was all this stuff like it's things I didn't know about him because, again, I tend not to read stuff about politicians. It's a fascinating read. I would recommend whatever side of the aisle you're on, just remove the bias of the like you hated this policy or this policy or you know what and just like the actual storytelling and and he writes it himself so it's a memoir it's not him getting a ghostwriter and telling him the story he writes it himself and even to the point where when you're reading it he's telling you like you know i'm sitting there i'm writing this on yellow pad and paper and da and he tells you why and he and it's overly it's it's super verbose like he goes too long sometimes on things yeah. but i'm glad he did because there's certain concepts in there that he talks about that i didn't know about that he describes the oh well here's what 
you know, like he'll go filibuster and here's what filibuster means, but here's how it really plays out. And then now here's the story about this and here's how they were able to stop it with a filibuster. And so it gives you an understanding. So it actually gives you an understanding of, yes. of politics in general. Yeah, it's great. It's a great book. And it's the first four years. And then the, the I think he's going to write a second volume of the next four years. There are like biographies. He's written, I think, two other books. This one is just a memoir, literally, of those four years in office. Oh, okay. And I, there's a little bit of like, you know, Red Team wanted to do this in there, and you know, we we wanted to do well type thing. There's there's a little bit of that in there, but there isn't enough to me that it's off putting. And that's usually what what puts me off about political books is the blaming of the other team. Yep. Like I'm like, just stick to the facts. Give me the story. That's what that's what I want to read about. But, yep. Yeah. But dude, to wrap up this this marijuana thing, I went down a rabbit hole of of the whole like marijuana thing, and I'm like, man, like when did this shit become sort of like illegal? And I went back through and read some history on it and apparently man marijuana used to be used um in the 1800s for like medical reasons for like migraines and stomach aches and you know stuff like that and just like pain medication like the same shit people wanted for today basically okay and then i didn't really see i didn't see why it sort of um became like criminalized um but what they did bring up was they said that when the Mexican Revolution back in 1910, which brought a lot of Mexicans across the border, um, one of their pastimes was not only drinking, it was smoking weed. And so the police in Texas basically were like, yo, these guys are crazy. They get on this stuff and they and they use things like they're like bloodthirsty and they commit crimes when they're on these things and they have superhuman strength. On weed? On weed, yeah. Bro. Like like everything that you're not on weed, <laughs> like everything that weed is not. And, and then, you know, I, I also read, not recently, man, I read like probably a, a few years ago, there's something about the um, hemp being used for paper. So don't yes. quote me on this folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah like, no, go, you're right. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Go Google it yourselves and check it out. But, but I know that there was something with like, hemp was sort of like a, a, a better, cheaper to make, paper yes and then there was a guy who was sort of in 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 the business of doing that and there was another guy in the business of doing taking it from trees and they basically criminalized weed so that they he can get he can get that business did you hear that did you i've is, never is that heard you, that part of it no no i do know so, that hemp because the argument between like the the, the tree huggers right now yeah. is that like why don't we use hemp for paper and all that stuff instead of killing trees and both. but that's the thing so so i guess back then the since hemp was a better paper and cheaper to make, the guy that was doing it from trees was like, yo, how do I, this guy's going to beat me out. Mm. And then, so there was a movie that actually, so, so they had this Mexican thing, the, the, you know, where, where the police officer said this shit. And then there was like, um, they began starting like rumors of like, Hey, these, these Mexican guys, they're going, they're, they're going around to unsuspecting school children and giving out, this drug and then like even like further down so so they they they, they criminalized it i think in like it was like 1916 and then um so, so it became outlawed in like all the states um in like 1937 damn so the mexican work ethic and ingenuity has always been a threat to the u.s huh <laughs> jeez but dude when i was reading this shit going on this rabbit hole i'm going man like that is that is exactly the opposite of what marijuana does to you. i've never met anyone aggressive on weed right ever, ever. I'm trying yeah to, i'm trying to think like no I, I people overly emotional on weed yeah yeah maybe a little hungry people face planting people face planting <laughs> <laughs> but never 
maybe some tears. I'm trying to think, man. Never an aggressive. People, never you know, scared, right? Paranoid. Yeah, paranoid. Scared. You ain't um, committing blood, no crime on weed, the, bro. Uh, super, superhuman strength. And then, and to, to add to that, there was like a there was a movie that came out called like Reefer Madness. And in the movie, they portrayed like people sort of like being being um, coaxed into like these jazz like these uh, jazz parties where they would like push push weed push on your them. weed. Oh my god, dude, that's like those propaganda videos that like the it Nazis absolutely used. Is. Yeah, remember like the you know like to talk to like the, the Jews were like this horrible and they would play this yeah. propaganda. Wow, man, that's so that that goes so in the list of the bro. things that hundred years from now, which is a hundred years later, where we're like, what were these people thinking? How dumb were they? But it must have made a whole Wait, lot of sense back then. Yeah, and you figure, like I said, it got it, it was um, nineteen thirty seven was big when it became sort of national, illegally like not illegal nationally. Um, so you figure in twenty by twenty thirty seven, hopefully before then, like that that'll all be gone, and then we'll look back at that and go, wow, man, a hundred years ago they made this shit criminal and they put people in jail for that. Yeah, man. Now, now we use it for medicine and 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 for recreational. Because yeah, wasn't cocaine even used medicinal at one point in time? No, I'm not. I believe that cocaine so. should be legal, so. but yeah. yeah, I don't know. Everything don't started know. from some war on drugs. Who won that, by the way? Who won the war on drugs? Well, I think this this whole thing, right? The the war on drugs is, is lost. Yeah, which is why they're kind of reversing everything at this point. Even the NBA saw that, right? Yeah, which shout out to you. Listen, man, I, and I almost thought about making Adam Silver my carbon footprint. I think Adam Silver has been one of the most progressive um, commissioners in all of sports. I think his the way he handled the Black Lives Matter and the COVID thing was flawless. I think from giving these guys a platform, whether you agreed or disagreed, I don't, I don't know how you could disagree with giving these guys a platform to a predominantly black league, that platform, but you know, it is what it is. Um, he handled that perfectly. The COVID piece with the bubble and the way the game, you know, like handled that perfectly. And he's been on the forefront of, he wants to legalize gambling, uh, for the NBA and he wants you to be able to gamble on NBA. Oh, to gamble on the games. Yes. Yeah, so you, so, so you can, but you can gamble like in Vegas, right? You can, but I think sports gambling in general, right? Like in certain states, like now in Jersey, like you could only do it in Atlantic City at a sports book, right? Like I think he's been open-minded to like, no, just put it online or put it, you know, like. So what about like DraftKings and shit like that? Don't, do they do it? So like, I'm not a gambler. So they do. Know. So DraftKings has like, they started off as just like a fantasy sports kind of thing, but then now you are able to gamble on draft sports but only in certain states so you can't do it in, in, in other states you can't play you can't gamble quote unquote. oh really um and then he, and he's always been like a, a a proponent of like hey and i think getting the raiders in vegas too was a was a step in the right direction for the nfl as far as game let people gamble like the, this can only make your sport better and and people who wouldn't watch a game are going to watch your game because they're going to have money on the line like they have stakes right like we're degenerates we need the reason to care and money's a great reason to care right so 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 he's done that and then like now with the weed i think he's recognizing there are guys who talked about how they use it to manage pain manage uh, recovery um and i think i would also so think that they would you know especially from being in the bubble right when you're when you're away from everything that you know you're away from your family what have you like that shit like for me like I'm good with that, right? Like I I left the house at at 20 years old and and immediately just like gone away from everything that I've ever known, and I handled that well, and I'm fine with that. Everybody doesn't do that shit. Everybody no. doesn't handle that that well. No, there are guys who who 
probably had a great time in the bubble, right? And I would think it, the, the bubble was like your first week at college, right? Living in the dorm. The first week was probably awesome because you're surrounded by all your boys. You guys are like, oh, shit, da 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 Right. And at some point in time, right, you start to miss your kids and your wife and your home life. And, and you're like, fuck, I want to go get food and I can't. And I'm stuck with this here. And so, like, I understand the anxiety behind something like that. And, yeah, some dudes are going to smoke weed to, to combat, like, that kind of anxiety. I also think... There's a part of this, man, that I'm sure Adam Silver has thought about, which goes, I'm wasting time and resources on what? What does weed do to an NBA player if he's taking it? I mean... Like, are you getting an advantage by smoking weed? You absolutely. There's no advantage. No advantage. There's no advantage. So I'm going to waste money testing. And I do think that's a bigger that's a bigger part of this here. It's like, you have to randomly test these guys and catch them off guard. There's a lot of money. I guarantee there's a couple million dollars I invest a year in doing this testing randomly. Then it's like, I have to hand out punishment. I have to do all this and I'm wasting these resources. And for what? At the end of the day, why? To keep these guys from smoking weed and because weed gets them, what, high? And for some of them, it alleviates a migraine or whatever it is. Listen, it's like, man, I mean, like, this drink that I have in my hand, right? Like, this is, exactly. this is worse. It's worse. So, like... You know, I think there's a part of Adam Silver that looks at it and goes like, there's nothing, there's no upside here. Like, what am I testing these guys for? And then I'm finding them and then I'm suspending them. And the only loser here is the teams and then the fans. Because now you don't get to watch your favorite player because he smoked a joint. Like, it's just so dumb to me. Like, I'm glad. Yeah, shout out to Adam Silver. Yeah, no, man. kudos think, to him. Man. Yeah, but he listen, that guy's going to leave his carbon footprint, I think, on the NBA because he's going to... David Stern was incredible for the NBA. Um, obviously, you know, he he David Stern understood that the name on the back of the jersey was more important in that league than the one on the front. And he gave, he empowered players to kind of be who they were and 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 monetize and brand that. Um I think Adam Silver's taking the league itself to the next level. I think by by with the gambling and, and letting them smoke weed and do all this stuff, I think uh the NBA is poised to, to to be in a really healthy spot as of late i've never watched more nba until they got in the bubble and i'm actually excited for them to start i think i'll watch more games like he's i don't know what he did but he sucked me in somehow with the product on the court like the drama of it all i'm i'm paying more attention i would have never done this a year ago yeah and, and i wasn't even aware so i was reading about that um the mlb no longer tests for weed Good for them. That shocks um, me because yeah. they're not progressive. Usually. And then, um, and even the NFL, they said they they're they're stopping suspending players for positive tests. That's just so Josh Gordon can get a snap in. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's <laughs> yo. He's coming back, right? He is. I think last is it, week is of the season, week sixteen, Seattle. Seattle yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You want you want to talk about Seattle, man? You Listen, man. You're gonna say about that. Man. Listen, man. Ciara's husband is overrated. <laughs> I said what I said. You can't lose at home to a backup to Colt McCoy. And you I love Colt happy. McCoy because I'm a Texas that. fan. Yeah, I'm, I'm a Texas fan. I love Colt McCoy. I was so happy to see Colt McCoy win. But if you're the quote-unquote MVP candidate of the league, you can't put up. What what did he do? Uh, 16 against Colt McCoy, 17? And I don't even know what he put a twelve. You gotta give credit to the Giants' defense, though. Man. The Giants' guys, defense is good, and the Giants really are turning good. around. I do think their coach is really good too. Yeah. I think the Giants are in good position. I think that they're setting themselves up for the future. L- listen, that's not to discredit the Giants, but if you are the MVP, MVP of the league, you yeah, can't lose absolutely. at home to a backup quarterback on a team that has four wins. I'm sorry, like it's not. Like, no, it's just, I agree. You know who wouldn't let that happen? Sierra. Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Aaron Rodgers, Sierra wouldn't let that. I bet you, I bet you she had a long talk with him when he got home last night. Like you making us look bad as a unit, Russell. Listen, what are man, you doing out there? I don't want to talk about football. Okay. <laughs> um, just so y'all know, your Bears look give, good for like 
44 minutes and 52 seconds yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Which it was more than the, the, the Titans look good for about eight seconds yesterday. <laughs> Bro, I'm a little salty, man. I don't listen. All I got to say, I guess Chicago Bears still have a team. That's it. Mo- moving on. You see boxing this weekend. Uh, we yeah, we God did. Damn man. it, we did. Yeah, we did, man. Um, that shit was one sided, and um, and dude, it, Danny Gar- so 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 for those of you who didn't see, um, Errol Spence fought Danny Garcia, and you know you know what I, I I find that a lot of folks that like if you're not really like into boxing, like the big names are gone, right? Like like the the. They may the Mayweathers, the Tysons, you know, like those those sort of the big names, the Pacquiao's, even though Pacquiao still fights, um, you know, those those names that even if you weren't into boxing, you knew. Yeah. The two guys or two of the guys that fought this weekend, Errol Spence and Danny Garcia, two of the top welterweights. Um, I would say Danny Garcia is probably still top five. Nah. Not maybe not anymore. Five, but no. Well you gotta 10, figure No man what five. I think that if you go in, in, in no particular order, you go Errol Spence, Terrence Crawford, Sean Porter, Keith Thurman. Who's next? At welterweight? And maybe and Pacquiao. So there's your top Pacquiao, five. Pacquiao, yeah. There's your top five. And you could, well, a Mayweather, I don't know if he's in or out. You can't or, put him in there now. Then, not, not now. I'm talking, yeah. about, I'm talking about now. Canelo, well, Canelo's up at middleweight he's now. Middleweight. Right? Yeah. yeah. So th- to me, like those are, those okay. are your top yeah, that's five, fair. right? That's so fair. I would put Danny Garcia right outside of that top five. Yeah, he's not a, he's not a scrub. No, definitely no, no, not. not so, I mean, it was a it was a much anticipated fight, and I, I guess it kind of went the way that we all thought it would. Yeah, Errol Spence was gonna smoke him. He just dude, he, he was raining down punches. Let me smoke him, bro. The, the only thing I listen, Danny Garcia's father, and God bless any dad who is willing to watch his son get beat up. But the advice that he was giving him throughout the fight, <laughs> don't get punched. Yeah, <laughs> he keeps the yo. I don't know. It was like the the 10th round and he goes, you're letting him pity pat you. Yeah, pity pat. Like, like, nah, bro, he's lighting you up. Bitch, did you see my face? Yeah. These are not pity pats. Like, dad, I can't see out of one eye. That's not pity (laughs) pat, bro. (laughs) How about you get in there and take take one of those pity pats? Dude, it's it's because Spence controls with his jab, right? Like, so he doesn't let you get off because he controls it. Man, he kept throwing that bomb. And he kept throwing these. You Listen, I will say I've never been a huge fan of Danny Garcia. He's earned my respect, I would say, in the last, like, two years because, A, he takes every fight, man. Yep. Like, Danny doesn't duck no anybody. Yep. And his chin, dude, I got to give him credit, man. He's taking bombs from Thurman and Spence and Porter, man. And yep. he didn't he didn't even buckle. Didn't even buckle, man. I, I'm like, Danny Garcia is he's a tough dude, man. Now, I think his dad is doing him a disservice. Like, he's always fought flat-footed and, you know, he doesn't get off on guys as quickly as well, he should. Well, he's always looking for that counterpunch. Yeah. And you can't do that against Earl Spence. Like it's just not. He's too good of a boxer. He's too against intelligent. Any of yeah. these guys, man. No, he, the top five. Work, you right. said you top can't do five, that. You can't counterpunch against a top five. Like yep. it's just, they're just gonna light you up. And Danny Garcia, I I know they call him Swift. He isn't fast enough to overcome that those top five. I'm sorry. Like you you got to put together like four or five punch combos against those guys and and get them off their game and put them on their heels. And he just he can't do it. And again, that's easier said than done. There's a reason why Spence is Spence. Yeah. Um, dude, fucking boxing, man. Like, at the end of the fight, like, call out Terrence Crawford. If you're Errol Spence, there is no one you should be fighting other than Terrence Crawford next. There's no See, one. I, I had a different thought on that, man. And I, I do agree that he should have at least vocally called out. Yeah, talk right? shit. Talk dude. shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk shit. Um, 
But I was looking at it, I'm going, I'm thinking like Spence, Pacquiao, Porter, Terrence. So if they don't fight next, I would want to see um, Errol Spence against Manny Pacquiao and then Sean Porter against Terrence Crawford. Yo, it's... And then the winner of those two against each other. And Terrence, man, at this point, uh, like Terrence didn't even call out anybody. At this point, I don't know that Terrence Dude, wants these they're guys. All, they're all like soft-spoken, man. Like yeah, I don't know what's like, going on. It, and this is why they're all trash. Like you, there's one thing to be skillful. This is the Floyd thing, man. Floyd ruined boxing, dude. I, I listen. Floyd did to boxing what MJ did to basketball. When MJ retired, you had a bunch of six foot point guards who wanted to score. You had Stephon Marbury and you had Steve Francis and you had Allen Iverson and you had all these little guys who came out and they just wanted to score the ball and they forgot that the point guard's whole purpose is supposed to be to distribute and and be like the quarterback out on the court. As great as MJ was, he didn't do any favors to the league that followed five years after he left, right, or ten years after he left. Like, it's these guards now that come out. I'm like, I, I, all these guys wanted to come out and emulate and score like MJ, right? right, right? right. Like, so, Sorry, so you had right, a, we're, on, yeah. we're on boxing. So, so that's how I feel. Like, anyway, I feel like MJ, like, yeah, basically these guys came out and they were like, I want to be that and I want to yeah. just score. When it's like, bro, you're six feet past. Like, that's not just supposed to be doing. Um, then, like, I feel like these guys now see Mayweather and they go, oh, he went undefeated. You know, he was handpicking opponents. And that's basically what I'm going to do. I'm going to go ahead and I want to handpick opponents. I don't want to lose. Somehow the loss in boxing has become like the worst thing ever. Like no one wants to lose. It's like they want to keep this undefeated streak. I'm going to remind you, Canelo lost to Mayweather. I, I don't think any less of Canelo for losing to Mayweather. No, he's actually better now. He's actually better now. Like he learned from that fight. And I love, and we talk about this all the time. He has gotten progressively better after that fight. And I feel like he, he because he did it so young, he went, oh shit, this guy's on another level. And it's almost like it changed his training, yeah, I, I think. How do I get there? How do I get there? And I think that like these guys don't challenge each other. Like it's such a joke. And I know we talk about this all the time. Dude, remember I told you that this fight, um, wouldn't do as good like the like that that whole Jake Paul fight would do better than uh than the pay-per-views. I got the numbers, man. The Crawford versus Brook fight on free TV averaged 1.7 million viewers. You could call it 1.8. That that was when I saw that coming up on free TV, I'm like, this is a great fight. Oh, yeah, it's gonna be a great fight. On free TV, right? It's a good fight. It's yep. a good thing. The Tyson fight, and I'm gonna call it the Jake Paul fight, because really that's probably where the most of the buys came from, got 1.5 million buys. Then you get uh, so hold on, it, hold on, hold on. So one point five million buys on that card. One point two on the free. So on one point seven on the free. So the free got okay. more, but like two hundred thousand, yeah, like two hundred fifty thousand yeah. more on a free card than the pay per view got. If you look back at Jake Paul's fight with KSI, the first one, he got one point three million buys on okay, that. Okay, so hold on. Fight. So and I did, I did see that one of these Paul brothers is fighting Mayweather. Logan is. So, so do they both box? They sort of. They're not like boxers. No, no, I mean they're yeah. not. Right, right, right. They're not. They're not professional boxers. Like, well, I guess they are professional, right? They get paid. But who's better? I, I don't. I none of them are. Like, who's the more famous? Logan Paul, I think, was the more famous. And one he's first, the one that's fighting Mayweather. So. He's the one fighting Mayweather. So I think Logan Paul was the more famous one of the bunch, right? Dude, it. it they think the fight for Errol Spence. <laughs> yeah, look at this, Spence Garcia. 360,000 pay-per-view buys. Wow. Canelo's Canelo's fight versus Amir Khan, who Amir Khan was... I mean, we knew he was going to smoke him, but Amir Khan is a big name, and he draws a lot of attention in the UK. 600,000. What about Triple G? What about Canelo Triple G? Those, some of those... One of those, I think, got 900,000. The other one got, like, three. Wow. 
the the dude and to give you uh so ali spinks back in the day got like 98 million viewers right like that one fight it's on broadcast like so like boxing used to be on broadcast networks it was like you but got two say, big fights on. a month so, it was a bigger it was a different game back then yeah but i mean tyson spinks was i remember i was a kid yeah. it, it was pay-per-view but it was like it was uh what they called closed circuit tv correct so you couldn't buy it at your house you had to go somewhere and and pay but they broadcast it on like abc or nbc or something at some point no. in time some uh, of those fights i mean some some fights they did but that one in particular i remember i couldn't watch it because i had to go to like a bar or a theater that was um showing it closed circuit dude that fight got more views than earl spence has gotten his entire career combined all his fights <laughs> like I, I, so I was doing the research I'm like this is insane like box, just the future of boxing is this Logan Paul and Floyd Mayweather thing which by the way Logan Paul won that deal Logan Paul could go down in the first round he's about to make a few million dollars to get knocked out by the greatest boxer of all time like okay you know what's funny is man i think he's like over six feet tall yeah he's a big dude right so like if he was a real boxer floyd wouldn't fight him right correct chance correct if he was a real trained boxer this would be like floyd fighting triple g but i'm just wondering man like no triple g's not even six foot he was like five ten five yeah, he's something like that he's something but like he's like 185 or something 170 right right like 170 ish so yeah this would be like him fighting probably andre ward or something like that like he's a Big it's dude. a big dude. Man. It's a big dude. Andre Ward fights garbage, which we knew. Andre Ward's a a, a boring yeah. fighter, but he had his fights going like two, three hundred thousand buys. His last fight, I think, was like two hundred fifty thousand. I'll tell you what, man. I didn't pay for any of it. Neither have I. And him, Kovalev, which would have been like a good fight, barely did any. Like even did we people. watch that? I don't I, remember. I did after the fact. After the I fact. Think, yeah, yeah. I did I, after when the it fact. came on Dude, Showtime. The future like, of yeah. boxing is this shit. It's it's and Floyd Weather took the Logan Paul thing. He's like, cool, I'll knock this kid out in the first or second round and make No, you know what? I wonder. I wonder if 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 Floyd goes for that or if he does typical Floyd style where he goes like, nah, I'll give it a show. Yeah, like he does what he did go. to Connor and lets him last six right. or seven rounds and then goes, All right, this is cute. Let's let's finish <laughs> this off. Like I love people who are like, Oh, Connor had a good showing against like nah, Floyd let that no, happen, didn't. dude. Like you can't Floyd is world class. Like I think as much as people hate Floyd, his boxing ability like you cannot <laughs> you cannot dispute that this guy is he's definitely the greatest boxer of our generation. I think Canelo's gonna make a good argument for that. Uh, by the time he's done with his career, simply because Canelo's been going up in weight and dominating cats. I think by the time Canelo's done, Who you're going to so, go. But it, so now he's fighting some... Canelo's fighting some like British dude, right? Yes, uh, Leon Smith, I think, is who it is, and Leon Smith is considered the best in that division. Yeah, but the thing is, in is that, that weight class, he's never he hasn't fought any Mexicans or Americans. No, he's gonna get rocked by yeah. Canelo. Canelo's gonna smoke this. This is, a, this is a wrap. This is this is a, a third or fourth round KO for sure. Like, but. It, it, it's just so i think canelo is gonna end up i think what's impressed me more about canelo is again post mayweather fight his defensive ability has gotten so much better his head movement is all this stuff um but yeah, dude i'm like yo shout out logan paul you call out mayweather you talk shit which is what these guys don't do dude if you're errol spence why not talk shit to floyd mayweather dude i was so hoping I mean, he's a soft-spoken guy anyway yeah. and did you see when they were so after the fight was over they were unwrapping um taking his gloves off unwrapping his hands and there was a camera right behind him and he said something like, something to the effect of like, oh, man, you guys thought I needed a tune-up fight. Yeah. Right? And so I'm going, oh, this is great. Like, he's going to talk trash. He's going to talk shit. He's going to yep. talk trash. He's going to call somebody out. 
and he didn't take the opportunity, no. man. And and I think a lot of them, they, and and I'm wondering if they're if they're being coached by sort of the Bob Arams of the world over there. They going, are. Like, it's stupid. Like Terrence Crawford goes like, "Oh, my my job isn't to sell fights. My job isn't to call people out." Yeah, it is. It dude. is. If you want to get into that, yeah, sell the Mayweather, fights, bro. Yeah. Stratosphere. So, dude, he could have went out there and been like, "Yo, Pacquiao, Floyd, but Floyd, how about you come out of retirement?" Like, talk. or even better yet, dude, it would have been great if he would have came into the ring and talked shit. Yes. Yeah, you get Crawford who comes in and goes, all right, bro, like when are we doing this? And then you build the drama, right? Even if it was pre-agreed, like we've seen that, right? Where like somebody wins a fight and they go, hey, after I win, you walk into the ring, you talk shit, let's build this momentum. That's what made Floyd so genius, right? Like he, he and what make Conor a genius, right? Conor McGregor is an absolute genius when it comes to selling the fight right like he talks so much shit he's charismatic and his fighting backs it up you so love him or you hate him you love him or you hate but him but you're watching but you can't be indifferent and that's what you have to do in boxing i can't be indifferent i have to hate you or i have to love you and either way i'm gonna pay because i want to watch you get knocked out or i want to watch you win like that's it don't make me feel the worst thing anyone can feel is indifferent actually man i would say that applies to anything in life like if you're a good radio host people have to hate you or love you because either way you're you're creating buzz. If they hate you, they're writing articles about you, and there and there's clickbait out there, right? If they love you, they're gonna listen, and your and your um, ratings go up. Like you, people can't be indifferent. You can't be middle of the road. Yeah. Like it, it's just, I'm like this is such a joke for boxing. Um, and then the fact that none of these guys called anybody out, and then I, I'm like, I love it. Then Monday, fucking Logan Paul calls out, or, or or Mayweather announces that he's fighting Logan Paul, or Sunday, the day after. So you go, you completely just trample over. Uh, uh, Earl Spence's uh, big win over the weekend and just go, yeah, I'm going to fight an exhibition against a, a YouTuber. So did you see that they're doing like this, it's sort of like this tier thing. Um, they're showing it on Fan Fanmio. F-A-N-M-I-O. I don't even know what that is. But right now, it's like 25 bucks. If you want to watch the fight, it's 25 bucks. But after a certain amount of buys... It goes up, so and then after a certain amount of buys, then it goes up again. Forces you to buy it now. It forces you to buy it now, man. So genius, man. As a matter of fact, I just pulled up my phone because I haven't bought it yet, but I have it on the payment screen. <laughs> you know we're gonna watch it. <laughs> you know we're gonna watch it, dude. It's this is the new generation. I'm telling you, this is the future of boxing. It's sad, but the celebrity shit. And and Snoop Dogg has already said he wants to announce it. I don't know if they're gonna let him. Oh, I didn't but see he, that. he tweeted like I got this. You know, like a, a yeah. re retweeted the the announcement and goes I got this with a little mic. Yes, let him do it. Can you imagine Snoop calling that kind of fun? <laughs> like this is the future of it. Like if boxing's not gonna give us the real shit that we want, which is like the good boxers all, then fuck it, make it entertaining, make it a spectacle, do this. Like and the genius thing about the the Tyson Roy Jones thing and and and, and uh, Jake Paul was that they had concerts, right? They had artists come out. They had, they made it a whole event. Oh, I didn't know that. Dude, they had concerts. They had a whole concert. They had artists come out and perform. They had um, in between fights. You know, pre, so it's like they did a mixture of this concert. You have Snoop Dogg as the announcer. You have the fights. You have, I'm like, that's fun. That's entertaining. That's what this generation, if you want to grab the you know, like our kids, this is what you're gonna have to do, dude. Dude, my when when um after that weekend when the 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 whole Tyson Roy Jones card, um was was it Lo, is Logan Paul? No, Jake Paul. Jake Paul was one. Yeah, yeah. Um, like my kids don't follow boxing. They knew Jake Paul fought. Yeah. Of course, dude. You and you want to so, you want to hear something hilarious? You, uh, so you've seen my son's obsession with like breakdancing as of late. I helped him out with that. <laughs> you did. Thanks a lot. 
Sean, Sean I, kept telling my kid to YouTube windmills, and now that's all he tries if he breaks his neck. <laughs> <laughs> so he watched this show, and this kid does this whole like segment. He does his dance moves, right? Okay. And at the end, at the end of the dance moves, um, the kid goes, "So do I have moves like Jagger or what? Right, like Mick Jagger? Right." And and the guy makes a comment about Mick Jagger, blah 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 blah. So my son comes up to me and he goes, "Is Mick Jagger like really famous?" And I go, (laughs) yeah, buddy, like Mick Jagger is like, you know, one of the kind of biggest rock stars in history. And he goes, oh, yeah. How many followers does he have? Oh, oh wow. <laughs> yeah, man. And that's, that's how he was calculating. And I forget what it was. We had to like look it up because he was like adamant that like, no, nah, he's not that famous if he doesn't have a lot of followers. Like, but that's how they compute it. Like, you know, what's funny, man. I haven't heard of anything with Mick Jagger related. I'm, he's still alive, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Does he does he have he's an account? Does he have a shitload of followers? I'll tell you right now. Let's man. look it up. I'm pretty sure he does. I or if not, it's at least run by like his team, like the the Rolling yeah, Stones yeah, team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he, it was hysterical, dude. I'm like, this is so funny. He goes, oh yeah, how many followers does he have? Well, it's funny, man. Remember we went back to um that that one episode, the uh, in the air tonight, and we talked dude, about he has two million followers. That's trash. <laughs> <laughs> That's trash. And I'm, bring Dom in here. Bring Dom, Dom in. Be like, Dom, you got two million. My kid's going to be like, <laughs> he's going to be like, Puh. like, you know how many Selena Gomez has, dad? Watch. Dude, let's see. Selena Gomez. I'm pretty sure she's in the hundreds of millions. Dude, 195. Million? Yes. Dude, he's going to clown me. Dude, what do we got? 3,000 streams? Yeah. He's, yeah. You guys are a joke. <laughs> I, it was funny, man. Without skipping a beat, it's like, yeah, he's like one of the greatest rock stars like ever, like the most popular, most yeah, famous. right. I go, you know, he set trends and this and that. And I'm talking, dude. We even went to YouTube and he wanted to watch videos of Mick Jagger and he right. watched them and he thought and he was into it. And you know, Mick Jagger is a great performer. Like he, oh, you know, he puts on the show. Yeah, and he just, oh yeah, how many followers does he have? It's like you ain't shit, Mick. <laughs> That's so bad, man. <laughs> but. That's that's the audience that you are not Mick Jagger because he's on you know he's towards the tail end. But if you're boxing, those are the people that you need to get. Yeah, and like you said, who like it's funny, man. Like they'll they'll go and see a person and then uh, of or see a person of interest, and then immediately go on social media and see what they have going on. And yeah. if, and if it's not much, they go. Eh, yeah, they're so moving on, moving on. Yeah, dude, it's it's. I I was I just couldn't help but laugh, but then I go, wow, that's an indictment to the like what they think, and it's so easy. You go, okay, ask these guys what you think is popular or what's you know what's gonna work, and it helps you kind of I guess cater towards some kind of marketing at some point. Yeah, dude, let me tell you, man, my my kids are like TikTok freaks. That's where they get their world news. TikTok, TikTok. I can see that. I got my dude, Twitter for a long time. It's dude. I just still do my news. It's everything, bro. So like so like one of my kids is into. Um, he likes to experiment with like cooking shit. So if he's hungry, he'll go on TikTok. And, or like he'll remember something that he saw on TikTok. He'll remember that he liked it because when he likes it, he can go back to the video. Yeah, you can go back. Yeah, yeah. And so he's like, oh, like, like today, he had um, chicken and waffles Yo, because he fire. saw something on TikTok and he thought it looked good. But it's not the first time. Whenever he goes, you know, because now everybody's at home, right? The, the learnings from home, both my wife and I work from home. So when they have lunch, it's like, hey, guys, what do you want? 
there's leftovers from last night, whatever. And my one my one guy, he's like, oh no, I saw this thing on TikTok. I'm gonna try it. And then my other sons are constantly like, hey, look at this video. And whether it's whether it's funny or informative or what have or what have you, like they are, like that is their news source. Yeah, I can see that, man. It's a, Twitter is my news source. Like I get my news from Twitter. I go and for a long time it was like, all right, what's trending on Twitter? What's popping on Twitter? If somebody died and it wasn't on Twitter, they ain't die. Like it was like I'm watching that. I can Listen, see that, man. We we need to up our TikTok game. Yeah, yeah, we definitely it's coming. <laughs> we we definitely gotta do that. Y'all y'all might see us do some weird dances and shit. We trying to get. Don't judge us. We trying to build a following here. <laughs> <laughs> dude, all right, man. For real, man. That shit is wild, dude. Yo, man. Tell them where they can find us, dude. Yo, so before I get into that, man, I want to shout out uh, these guys from uh, Our Pod, Your Entertainment. It's a podcast. It's called Our Pod, Your Entertainment. Um, they're, they're an entertainment podcast, man. It's a, a, a dude I know, man, friends from, from back in Jersey uh, I grew up with, but they have their own podcast. Um, actually, they have a whole media company. And so he does um, he does a music blog called Ralph's Music Blog. So check that out. They have a podcast called Our Pod, Your Entertainment. Um, and they also have another podcast called Toxic Friends. Yeah. Um, but uh, the Our Pod, Your Entertainment is about, basically it's about, it's about entertainment. So they talk about the Marvel stuff. They talk about TV shows. And they have this segment where they do kind of their pick of the week. And um, last week, uh, their their episode, last week, week before, they picked um, our show. Actually, one of them, Ralph, picked us as his pick of the week for a podcast and all that stuff. So, man, shout out to Ralph. That's shout amazing, out to those guys. Man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate appreciate the, the, the support. Um, definitely want to uh, definitely want to support those guys as well. So if you can, check out that podcast. Yeah, most definitely, man. And and who knows, man, maybe there's a collaboration uh, in the future that we could work on. But, man, that, that was dope to be featured on that. And uh, those guys have a great podcast, too. They make me laugh. So check them out. Uh, Ralph's Music Block. His music block's good. I like, uh, I'm a big music buff, too. And, and he touches on artists that aren't like kind of mainstream, right, that are kind of off the beaten path. And so I appreciate that because he puts me on artists that I would have never kind of given a, a, a listen to had he not brought them up on there. So, man, check that out. Check out those guys, man. Yo, shout out to them. Uh, for putting us on uh, or picking us as that, man. We really appreciate it. Um, we started, so if, in case you guys haven't seen, we got a Facebook page now. So uh, the Carbon Footprint Podcast on Facebook. Um, so go ahead and give that a like. Uh, the Carbon Footprint Podcast on Instagram. The Carbon Footprint Podcast on YouTube. Um, we're everywhere, man. We're building. We're going to keep making these sites. Um, keep hitting us up. We, we love the engagement. Um, the streams have been going crazy. If you guys are going on road trips for the holidays, listen to us. You know, put us on your Alexa while you're cleaning the house or cooking or whatever. Like, you know, we're on everything now, man. So, um, you know, keep doing it. You you guys have been uh, amazing. Keep t- Tell your friends, tell your pizza man, to, you know, tell everybody. So Absolutely. Spread, spread the news. Hit that subscribe button. Um, and then let us know if we suck. Uh, you know, we're, yeah. we're open-minded to that too, man. That, we're, we're, that's, a, that's okay too. Really <laughs> appreciate you guys. Got some, you know, been getting some good feedback lately. So um, definitely appreciate it. And uh, I guess we'll see you next week. See you next week. Peace. Peace. Peace.